0: to a fantastic and slightly bittersweet episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined by three incredible artists today. Joining us today, we have the playwright, Kenneth King, the producer and one of the founders, Danny Turner and the producer, Brittany Trowell, all who are part of Paper Crane And they're presenting Last Call Crane Theater, which is happening Sunday, December 17th at 7.30 p.m. at the Crane Theater. And you can get your tickets and more information at frigid.nyc. And this is where the bittersweet moment comes, because this is the final show at the legendary, the loved the wonderful Crane Theater, but what a show to be going out on. So we are so excited to be bringing you the final show being played at the Crane and this wonderful team. So let us welcome on our incredible guest, Kenneth, Danny, Brittany, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper.
1: Hey. Happy to be here, thank you.
0: I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be talking about this show, Last Call Crane Theater. I I I keep saying it. it's bittersweet. I mean, this space is so well loved and the productions and everything being done. Now, of course, this is not the end of everything that's being done at the crane. Of course, much of the productions, including yourselves, are being moved to under St. Mark's. But, you know, this is the the farewell tour. It's all come to the end, you know, and this will not be a share revival. But we have this great show. And I want to start with you, Kenneth. Can you tell us a little bit about what this show is and is about?
1: Well this show is a is a grand last hurrah of of many of the artists that have called the paper crane home I myself have exceedingly fond memories of the crane because as as an international student and as somebody who who was born and raised like in the Philippines the paper crane in particular was the first group to have ever after I finish school to pick up one of my plays to have gone through it in a reading for some development and then to have it staged like this was this was the culmination of, of 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 a dream that I frankly did not ever feel like it always felt very unattainable from from the Philippines and and like I continually pinched myself both from that one uh that first reading, uh, at, at at Vic's place with Paper Crane and all the feedback. And then, and then up until like it got onto the stage, like, yeah. And I will always be grateful to the people um, behind Paper Crane for taking a chance on me for that. L- this, sh- the, my part in the show is a short segment. Yeah. A prototype of a much longer piece that has fortunately been selected for an artist residency. And it is about factions warring in space and then the survivors of that space battle crashing onto a, onto another planet. And then having to figure out how to live with one another while forgiving one another, then what that town might look like. That sounds
0: so cool. I love all that. I love how you came to the paper crane. I love the story you're presenting. This sounds so wonderful. Now, Danny, I want to turn to you because not only are you a producer of this upcoming show, but you're also one of the founders of Paper Create. And I want to know, how did you end up picking the the stories you picked for this final show?
2: Oh, wow. So we put out, first of all, like a call to our whole community and put out a call to our whole community. Usually we pick like, depending on time, like three to six acts. Of like works and development, but we really wanted to make this uh, a celebration of of the past like eight years and a party and and just like put our love to the Crane Theater, who we're raising money for with this show, by the way, I should mention. So we put out a call to all of our artists, and we got like amazing responses. And and then we came up with very strict rules. We wanted, you know, there are sixteen acts in the show. Thanks for that reminder, Brittany of paper crane artists from across the years we wanted to give them each five minutes to to show something some of them are pieces in development like tennis some of them are pieces about their history with the crane or they wrote new pieces to salute the crane but it's sort of it is a finale it's long we've given everyone a five minute slot and if they go over we are going to play oscar music because it's 16 acts but it's, it's, it's a big party for the crane and it's a big party for frigid who's been our host and given us so many resources to help artists develop work
0: i love that and i'm secretly kind of hoping that one of the acts goes over a little bit just so i can hear the oscar music and i'm praying maybe you have like someone in the back like one of the back panels opens up and you just see the conductor randomly conducting you know Brittany, you are the other another producer for this production and i want to know what has it been like developing last call crane theater
3: It's honestly been such a joy. It's been, you know, as Danny said, we got such amazing responses from our artists. So many people who were interested in performing and bringing pieces. It's gonna be a fun combination of like the best of one of our artists, Rebecca Vineyard. We've requested that she bring her trampoline burlesque because it was such a hit a few years ago and it was so much fun so like it's the best of you know Megan Quick who did Toto as a part of the Fringe Festival or Frigid Festival sorry is also bringing a little slice of early Toto back so like best of and then also fun new pieces like Kenneth who's continuing to develop his play for future production and another artist who performed a vocal piece with us is bringing in a script like we're always here as at the Paper Crane we're always interested in developing work more than anything and um, you know finding a place for artists to play to play without fear of failure you know in a supportive community where the audience uplifts them and is there regardless of you know success or failure it's that's the goal. It's a safe space, um, and so we're really hoping. You know, it's exciting to have some of those new pieces, some of those risk taking pieces in this in this production, in addition to having some of our favorites in in a little bit of a callback.
0: It's so wonderful. I love that. I'm going to sneak a question in here, and I'm going to direct it to Danny. You're the grand finale for The Crane. This is this is the big hurrah. What does it feel like to be the final show being produced at this historic theater?
2: I'm so flattered. Like, I, I was so freaking flattered when Erez, who runs Bridget, was like, you guys have brought great work to us for so long. We want you to close us out. I was touched because it really has been an artistic home for me for the time I've spent in New York, which has been on and off. For a total of four years and and to know that that you know our hosts who give us so many resources really believe in us and and we every paper crane we raise money for a different charity of the month and so of course this is this is a gift to frigid a hundred percent of of tickets we have a bake sale bar everything goes back to this organization that has really given us so many chances and opportunities
0: I love that. And I could not sing those praises anymore myself. That's so lovely. Kenneth, I loved hearing your description of not only your show, but how you came to Paper Crane and all of that. And so I want to ask you, you know, what is the message or thought you're hoping the audiences take away from your piece as well as this evening in general?
1: Both the place I came from and the place that I came to, and I suppose the world, I feel like everybody has a lot to forgive one another over. I'm not saying it's going to be easy or without a lot of pain and difficulty, but but I do think it's necessary. And then as for the world, like, there are new york city and and theater in new york when i was growing up in the philippines it was spoken of with hushed whispers with with jealousy with oh i i bet we could do better in manila is we got everything what, what's the problem we got theater in manila but coming here has has annihilated every preconceived notion that I ever held about it and it has unfolded what i've come to realize is that i think theater everywhere if done with love can be one of the most supporting artistic practices one of the most community centered artistic practices possible it's why i love to write plays because like writing to me is very lonely and 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 kind of sucks but then like at the end of it i get to be delighted by designers and and producers and directors and actors and and just to be in a room and to work to make like joyous work i will forever be grateful for given all the restrictions put on me as an international student like it's also not something i can ever take for granted so so yeah i think the crane is like this microcosm of of what of what theater can be and i think at its heart, what theater always will be if you take away all of the fancy layers and the-
0: I love that, that's a beautiful answer. My final question for this first part of the interview, I'm gonna pass off to you, Brittany, and I wanna know who do you hope have access to Paper Crane's Last Call Crane Theater?
3: That's an interesting question because I think for this show specifically, you know, we obviously, we want... We're always looking to bring in new community members and bring in new audiences, but this show is really a celebration of the Crane, of our time at the Crane, of frigid New York. And so we're excited, you know, we've been getting a lot of feedback from members of our community, whether they be audience members or artists. And we're hoping to just fill the space with people who have a history with the space, who love the space and who are there to celebrate it with us. That being said, I think, you know, something that we've really loved about this past year is, Getting connected with new artists like Kenneth, who came to us through Sarah Lawrence University, and like being able to provide a space for young artists to try out their work in a city that is usually, it's kind of hard to break into unless you have resources that are monetary resources or, you know, space resources. And so you know for a longevity like in the future I think we're hoping to continue to connect with young artists and continue to help foster community between different young artists whether it be different art forms that they are doing or you know from different backgrounds and and be a resource to them I think that's really important to us and while this is a little bit more of a you know community our current community driven activity and show I think our hope is that you know As we continue to work with more artists, they bring in more community members and the community continues to grow both for us, but for our artists as well.
0: To give our listeners a chance to get to know our guests a little bit better, more on a personal level, if you will, pull the curtain back as you will. And I want to start by asking all of you what or who inspires you? What playwrights, composers, or shows have inspired you in the past, or are just some of your favorites? And Danny, can I start with you first on that?
2: Yeah. I have been I've been in theater since I was a child because my father was an actor. And at different points in my life, I would have had different questions. But now that I am I'm in New York, I'm in New York theater, I find that my biggest inspiration is have um, submersive productions in Baltimore, Maryland, which is a collective of immersive theater performance and visual artists that, they partner with the most amazing like historical sites in Baltimore and create the most imaginative place. And it's, it's a community of people who say yes, who try, who are just kind and are, you know, are doing it because they love it and are doing it in partnership with the city of Baltimore and, and because they love the city of Baltimore. And I, I've been thinking about that a lot because, that's what I miss about a smaller theater scene. And I get that community. The way I get that community here is through Paper Crane. But just the, the scale of what these artists do, just for the love of it, I it's it's, my, it's what is inspiring me right now, is, is amazing artists making amazing art just to make amazing art.
0: That is a wonderful answer. I love that. Brittany, how about you? What or who inspires you?
3: It's a tough one. You talked about immersive theater and I think a group that's really inspired me is Third Rail Projects. I was lucky enough to work with them for seven years on their long running show, Then She Fell and on a couple of other projects as they developed them. And I think they completely changed for me the idea of what theater can be and what the walls around theater are. And, And I think, you know, seeing Then She Fell, it was a show that I loved and was the first time that I was able to sort of Except something that wasn't linear that was more about it was like the narrative didn't have your usual arc but it was sort of about these like moment to moment moments in between like when you share a really intimate moment with an actor or a really vulnerable moment with a fellow audience member and I think the best way to describe it is that it's theater that makes you feel rather than you sympathize. Like I think when you sit in a proscenium, oftentimes you're like, oh, I feel for that person or I can like relate to that situation. Whereas because you're placed into the set and you're communicating with the actors directly, Third Rail does this really be- has this really beautiful way of sort of tricking you as an audience member into getting vulnerable and then sort of like leaving you to think about the moment you've just had. And you're like, oh my God, I'm feeling. And that's something I don't get in theater very often. Like I'm feeling for me and these are my feelings rather than like catharsis with, through another character. And I love it. It's amazing. The work they do is great.
0: That is fabulous. What a great, great inspiration. Kenneth, rounding us out on this question, yeah. what are, who inspires you?
1: Um, if it's, who, like, specifically in New York, most recently, Flaco Modesto Jimenez, Aya Ogawa, Sybil Kempson, Naveen Chaudhary, Lisa Claire Commander are like all playwrights that have been very helpful both in and out of school, but also like even just open to chatting and, and, and like just helping me out and figure things out here, but also like their work I feel is both powerful and moving. The back in the Philippines, my. My old improv group, Silly People's Improv Theater or SPIT, as well as the school that we founded, Third World Improv Theater School, and the Manila Improv Festival. Just everybody out from SPIT. Like, I feel that it, I was very fortunate to get to be in a theater, in an improv troupe, the same people for almost two decades in a very supportive, loving environment to like, you know I, I I didn't write plays until I got here, but I feel that so much of my sensibilities for theater, for performance, for for being for working with other people i will I will always I will always credit a spit back in Manila Philippines for that is very cool. What a wonderful group
0: That sounds amazing. I want to ask the three of you, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? And Kenneth, I'm going to start with you first on that.
1: I will quote this. director and also playwright from the Philippines that got to work with it. Worked on uh, on one of the paper crane projects for this actually, Galan Luarca. and he, we were backstage the crane, and and he was like, "Look at this. We're in New York, but you know what? You know what's pointless. I don't understand theater divas because." Because there's nothing glamorous about what we do. Because it is, it will always be like this, no matter where we go. But that's what makes it beautiful, right? Like we we are going to, we are going to take what if you turn the lights on, what what looks like 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 nothing, and and then you are going to you are going to create live in front of in front of people with no screen between them. Like you're going to create beauty and 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 tragedy and comedy and and universes together by sheer force of will and and work and love and passion so it is it will always be that it will always be it will always be the the people i feel like there's so much work that you can do in the world that either won't have meaning or feels kind of gross or like we'll have problems with it but and obviously like you know there's a lot that can be done in theatrical practice to make it both sustainable and care centered but and safe but but at least that for me that that, that feeling of being of being held and of, of satisfaction of 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 good hard work in theater
0: stupendous answer i love it danny how about you
2: my favorite part of working in theater so kind of my image feel is um, I am also obsessed with summer camp. I mean, I was as a child, and then I worked in it. And I feel like at my core, who I truly am is, is a camp counselor. And I love it because I love creating and curating joyful experiences for others. I love the idea of a liminal, ephemeral space where the roles are different, which I, I've only ever found in theater and in, in summer camp, where you can be someone new, be somewhere new, And for a brief moment of time, because it is a limited moment in time, whether it's two hours, two weeks, five hours, definitely seen shows like that, where just the rules of the world change. And it's special because you can choose different things. And it's special because it'll be over.
0: That is wonderful. I love that. Shout out to Summer Camp. Who doesn't love Summer Camp, right? (laughs) Brittany, how about you? What is your favorite part about working in the theater?
3: Yeah, I, I that's it, a really hard question actually because there's so much of it that I love and I actually feel like I have a little bit of a complicated relationship with it as well, which everybody does, you know? You love something, it's you always have to work at, at relationships, right? Even your relationship and how much you love theater. But I think, I, it makes me think about, I I'm also a reviewer and I write reviews of theater for the Front Row Center. And during the pandemic, um, there before we jumped into our virtual theater sort of track there, there wasn't a lot to see. And so my editor was like, feel free to like write whatever you want. And I, I wrote an article about the, the artistic director at the Guthrie was talking about will theater die? Like there were so many people that were like, this is the death of theater. We'll never, never gather again. Like theater will die. And something that he said was he talked about how old theater is like, think about the Greeks and think about like, you know, theater is born from ritual. It's born from storytelling. It is such a human thing that we do. And like, I also had other friends who were, You know, I think during the pandemic, when people were working from home and they weren't going out and they weren't, you know, going to bars, they weren't going to restaurants, they were ordering in food. They were like coming to me knowing that I worked in the arts and they were like, the arts are the most important thing right now. Like, I can't see my friends. The arts are keeping me human right now. Like watching a movie at the end of the day is like the most human connection I get during the pandemic. And that's not theater, but I think that's art in general. And it's just important to remember that like gathering strangers in a room and giving them a catharsis and teaching them to empathize. Like theater is the greatest empathy tool that we have. And and that's why I love it.
0: That is a wonderful answer. I love that. And that brings us to my favorite question to ask guests, but we're gonna tweak it this time. Normally I ask guests, what is your favorite theater memory? But we are of course talking about the final show at the Crane. And so, with that, I would love to ask all of you, what is your favorite theater memory at the Crane?
2: So, my second favorite theater memory is is two paper cranes ago. I brought an artist who I knew in Baltimore to paper crane, and he pres- named Josh Thomas. And he he presented some original spoken word poetry based on some Shakespeare plays, and he brought down the house. And it just that connection was beautiful. But my first favorite memory started going on. One of the shows that was developed through Paper Crane and Toto 2 by Megan Quick. I went on to produce that. And we produced it in the Frigid Festival. And it was a smash. It won, like, a ton of awards in the Frigid Festival. It went on to the Esther Genius Festival. It went on to the Denver Fringe Festival. It's really had a a little bit of a life that I hope it continues to. And it was just the nicest people. Like, it was, like, me and... Former Paper Crane producer, Lizzie Lincoln, and Paper Crane producer, Paul Purvine, and Alyssa May Gold as director. And it was just the loveliest group of people making the most beautiful, silly, touching show in a space that we knew like the back of our hands and we loved. Uh, One of my all time, it's so rare to have a theater experience with only joy. And that was one of them.
0: I love those. Those were wonderful. Thank you for sharing those. Who would like to go next?
3: I I can't, it's really hard to pick one moment because I've had such a vast variety of experiences at the Crane, but like, I've been going to the um, the Crane Theater since I was 18 in 2008. I would like remember being a freshman and everyone being like, Mm. the coolest thing to see in theater is the neo-futurists on a Friday night and you have to go. (laughs) So like we all went to the neo-futurists on a Friday night in 2008 and like, they're still going, which is amazing. And like such a staple of that space of downtown New York theater. So like, I remember it from there. I remember I was dating a guy in college and he was in a really bad show at the Crane and I went to see it. And like, it was just beautiful because it's like, it's it's a space for artists to try things. And that, that is what the paper crane is about, but that's really born out of what Frigid is trying to be and trying to do. And they were like, you want to try this thing? You want to put up this new play? Here's a space, go for it. And like, you know, it was his first time acting on a stage in New York. And like, so he got his debut and the playwright had their debut. And I'm I, my own critical review was not my favorite piece of theater, but like, it was so amazing to be there and experience it. And the final sort of like little touch point I'll say is, you know, it's been fun to to start seeing theater there and like then be able to join the Paper Crane team. And my boyfriend and I realized like he can't sing and I can't play the guitar, but I can sing and he can play the guitar. (laughs) And so we started a, a very silly band just because we wanted to make art together called Boo Boo and the Cabbage. And the Paper Crane has provided us a space to like, and a reason to, to rehearse and to learn songs and to like, try out this new thing together. So we got to do that at the like January, February show this past winter, and we're going to be singing a final song for the Crane in this upcoming show on Sunday. And so like, thank you to the Crane Theater for like, helping my boyfriend and I to collaborate artistically in a way that we might not have done otherwise.
0: Oh, that is amazing. Thank you for sharing those memories. Shout out to Boo Boo and the Crane. I can't wait to see this. <laughs> and Kenneth, what is your favorite yeah. theater memory at the Crane?
1: The one that stands out is the for our first show there during the tech rehearsal afternoon before. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't an afternoon before. It was like a, a few days before. My team and I went into the space, assuming that, like, we would be on our own. Like, somebody would open the door and then, like, have at it, and then, like, figure it out. But no, Paul Pervine was there, and he offered. Like, I got the impression. You know, wait, are are you offering? Like, if you want, like, 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 if we wanted, wait, are you offering to like light design this thing and sound design it and like throw stuff? Are you serious? No, I mean, we have them. It's okay. You don't need to, but, but, but just the knowledge that like, and you know, that was their first time. Most of us, our first production in New York, all of us were fresh out of grad school. And then we we're like, wait, what? Like, you can do that for us? Like, we thought, we thought like we'd just be kind of thrown to the wolves and then just try not to set anything on fire, you know? Like, but I mean, intentionally, the, I, unintentionally, the, 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 yeah. So I feel that that day, that afternoon it really felt like okay this is a space that will work with you this is a space that wants you to succeed because it is because because the people who call it home are are those kinds of people so yeah
3: i do want to add a quick shout out to paul Pervine, just because yeah. like the paper crane <laughs> wouldn't be the paper crane without him he has been a part of it pretty much from the beginning and he sometimes gets the opportunity to work with artists in advance and you know put together designs for the show but oftentimes our artists show up at 5 p.m for tech for our 7:30 show and paul builds out a whole light like set for them for the show he's doing it on the fly and it always looks great and he's amazing we're so grateful for him
2: couldn't do it without paul
0: Yeah, that is amazing. Shout out to Paul for sure. And thank you all so much for those amazing, amazing memories. That was incredible. Do any of you have any other projects or productions coming down the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you?
1: Let's see. In February, I'll be I'm currently an artist in residence at University Settlement's Performance Project. So the full version of of this five minute chunk that I'll be presenting on Sunday will be we'll have a reading in February and a full show in early May. So yeah, over at the University Settlement's Performance Project, and it'll be yeah we'll see we'll see my my, my the stuff my designers are coming up with is uh, both impressive and terrifying. So I, I really look forward to it.
2: I'll say, come see stuff at St. Anne's House, where I am hey. right now. And also pitching the first paper crane under St. Mark's on February 28th.
3: Yeah, we'd love for people to see any shows coming up at the Crane or also at the Paper Crane, which will not be at the Crane anymore, which will be at Under St. Mark's, but also any artists who might have new work that they're developing or want to try out a new skill or like want to meet new collaborators. We're always open to that and are constantly um, accepting submissions of whatever you want to send. You can reach us on Gmail at PaperCraneProductions at gmail.com or via our website. There's a submissions tab at papercrane.com, Instagram, Paper Crane Productions. We accept DM submissions too. We'll probably ask you to send us an email, but you can start there. It's all acceptable and we would love to hear from you and bring you into the community and provide space if we can.
2: All of the producer profits go to a different charity every month just to explain our model. So yeah, we ask artists to to donate their work. And in return, we ask them to try something new that they want to take a risk on with the supportive audience. And we give them all of the resources that we can beg, borrow, and steal, including space, industry, comps, obviously performance space for free, anything we can find. And you raise money for a good cause, and you meet nice people and good artists.
0: And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing to do, too. So I love all that. You guys have got some great things in the work still. So that's fabulous. And it makes for a good lead into my final question, which is... If our listeners would like more information about Last Call Crane Theater or about any of you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you, how can they do so?
3: Yeah, I think our website is great, papercrane.com dot com. You can learn more about us. It has the producer bios on there, history of the charities we've supported and what our mission is. And hopefully soon some photos of previous shows, as well as where you can submit and where you can buy tickets. You can also visit visit Frigid's website. That's where our ticket platform is hosted. So there, I think at frigid.nyc. Don't quote me on that.
2: Mm-hmm. That's what it is.
3: And you can search for Paper Crane and we should show up or just scroll down because the show is on Sunday, December 17th at 730.
0: Wonderful. Well, Kenneth, Danny, Brittany, thank you all so, so much for taking the time out of your day to share this wonderful, wonderful show, this, ah, oh, this bittersweet moment in theater history, but a stepping stone as a whole and so i really appreciate you all sharing this fabulous show i can't wait to see it and i can't wait to see what's next for everyone and everything so thank you all so much thank you i do want to
3: quick call out for frigid they're currently trying to raise money because they're trying to make some renovations on their home their new mm-hmm. only home at under saint mark's and so please support them you can go to frigid.nyc that's f-r-i-g-i-d dot nyc and if you have the funds and you're able to donate to to support the work that they do we wouldn't exist without them and so many other amazing entities wouldn't exist or wouldn't have a platform if it wasn't for them and they're looking for support right now so if you have any means please support them please shout their names (laughs) if you don't have any monetary means but you want to help promote i know they would really appreciate that Amen. Um, And thank you so much, Andrew. This has been so much fun.
0: Yeah, Thank thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. My guests today have been Kenneth King, the playwright, the producer and one of the founders of Paper Crane, Danny Turner, and one of the producers, Brittany Crowell. They, of course, are, as I mentioned, part of Paper Crane, who is producing the final show at the Crane Theater entitled Last Call Crane Theater. It's playing Sunday, December 17th at 7.30 p.m. at the Historic Crane Theater. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting frigid.nyc. We also have some contact information for our guests, which we'll be posting in the episode description as well as on our social media posts. But I'm telling you right now, head to frigid.nyc. This show is going to sell out and sell out quick. This is the final show in the legendary crane theater you do not want to miss out on this moment and not only that you don't want to miss out on this show 16 incredible acts this is going to be phenomenal so make sure you check out last call crane theater sunday december 17th at seven thirty p.m so until next time i'm andrew cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones
1: grab your candies
2: Keep talking about the theater.
3: In a stage whisper.
0: Thank
1: you.
3: If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe.
0: You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at stage whisper Pod.
3: Feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com.
0: And be sure to check out our brand new website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray.